How's it going, guys? Scott from the Outlaws of Horror, and today we have a full table. All right, guys, it's Steve. How are you all doing? Hi, guys, Paul. Hi, guys, it's Colin here. Hi, guys, Cameron. Hi, everyone, it's Alan. So today we're going to talk to you about nothing on the sort of like media side of horror. We're going to talk to you today about our personal ghost stories. So we're going to start with Paul. Paul, you seem to look like you're eager to tell your story. So well, no, I, I mean, I have, I have a ghost story. It's not actually one that is my own personal ghost story. It's, it's one that um, somebody told me that proper scared me when I was a little kid. Um, my sister's best friend, father tragically passed away when she was about i think it was about 10 years old and um i'll never forget her telling me because it scared the hell out of me and i swore i was having visions for months afterwards but she um they buried him they had a wake and all the rest of it and she was basically sat in the living room and she was sat on the couch it was about three o'clock in the morning she couldn't sleep she'd been crying and she basically turned literally sat on the right side of the couch turned to the left and her dad was sat on the left-hand side of the couch. She could see him, like, perfectly as if he was in the room, but he was mouthing. He was talking to her, and she couldn't hear him. And then, literally, she, she wiped her eyes, looked over. She knew it was him. He was really there. And then, apparently, he just disappeared in front of her eyes, faded away. Fucking hell. I mean, the thing is, though, that you hear stories like that. I say, when you hear stories like that, though, it kind of makes you think, you know, is it, is it not? I mean, with me, I'm one of these people. I like to think that something does ha- exist or something does happen but at the same time as well i also feel like that really you, you know does this really happen i personally am a, a firm believer in ghosts i do i do have one other story i mean i can leave it for later but before i do tell that one a little bit later if you want to come back i just want to i just want to appeal to your heartstrings because obviously colin being our newest outlaw we're, we're going on a journey together as outlaws growing developing but colin he's growing his beard for i don't know fundraising exercises or whatever he's doing but i managed to dig deep spoke to his wife did some genealogy and really researched his family background colin i'm pleased to say that i've actually found his dad so let's let's introduce (laughs) mr corcoran god bless you sir thank you for being on the outlaws and thank you for giving us colin but yeah so there you go colin daddy we found him anyway let's go around and do more stories and come back and i'll tell you one about when i was at waterloo <laughs> go on alan <laughs> uh, i don't know it's, it's going to be really difficult for me to kind of narrow it down because um i don't know um, how many of you guys know but i'm actually a qualified parapsychologist and mm. i've actually been on really tv and i've worked with a lot of paranormal groups so i've been around a lot of investigations um a lot of places and stuff I've got to admit, out of all the investigations that I've done, I mean, obviously I can talk about them a little bit more in depth later on, but I'm really keen to kind of like hear your, you guys and your stories. But I've got to say that out of all the investigations that I've done, there's nothing that has really cemented to me that these, that ghosts or whatever, do actually exist. I think, you know, so far I've managed to find a logical explanation as to why people experience those things. I mean, I've got all, um, here I've got all my notes from when I did my qualification, but I've narrowed it down. And I can discuss a few of those later on, you know, if you want to sort of learn a little bit more about things that, that you know people experience and stuff that maybe on the day-to-day basis you don't necessarily think about that can cause these kind of energies these kind of apparitions ghost spirits whatever to sort of present themselves to people for people to see them so yeah i mean i've got loads of stories i'll try and narrow it down while you guys go around i'll try and narrow it down to one which i think is the best but uh yeah like i said you know from this kind of side of it i'm kind of really keen just to hear what you guys have experienced yeah. and stuff have you ever been on most haunted no i've not been on most haunted um i i would love to go on most haunted just because of yvette fielding i kind of grew up watching her um, not stalking her but just watching (laughs) her really enjoyed her personality um but yeah anyway sorry 
I it was actually what... in Johnny Briggs. I don't know if anyone remembers that TV show from years ago. Oh, that's years ago, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah, do yeah, remember it. Like yeah. Vaguely, yeah. Vaguely yeah. remember that. Yeah. I mean, she was if, annoying sister on that. I was going to say, if, if you want to search back on, particularly on Facebook, if you want to go through the archives of their live shows and stuff like that, you'll find me in some paranormal investigations. <gasps> so, cool. yeah. so, to me, it's like, is the building haunted or is it the person? Come, will. He will swear down that my house is fucking haunted in terms of he will say to me, your kids upstairs, I'm like, no, he's like, who's run up and down? And you can hear kids run up and down the hallway because I've got quite a long hallway in my upstairs. And when, you, when you're when you on here and you're in, you don't, you're hearing it, you don't really pay attention, but Cam swears down. So Cam, do you want to tell them a couple of them stories? See what you think? It was when Scott first moved into his house. It was like when me and Scott, because me and Scott used to know each other, but we never really hung around, hung around outside of where we knew each other. So... He ended up moving down the road from me. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll go around, have a few beers, have me move in, and blah, 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 blah. So I moved in. So I'd not met his kids at this point. And we'd set up his front room, got his Blu-rays set up and everything. And they heard, like, a bit of laughter and then this tiny pitter-patter of feet. And anyone will tell you this. Tiny pitter-patter of children's feet is, like, the most distinctive shit you will ever know. You could tell it from a mile away. I was like, Scott, you didn't tell me your kids here. And he went, they're not. And I went, pub then? And he went, yeah, yeah, pub. So we just got up and fucking left. <laughs> yeah. And I, we didn't go back and we got kicked out of Witchwood at like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I really don't want to go back to you, your house, mate. Yeah, I'm going home to you later. Yeah, so I ended up going into my house and be fucking home like a dickhead. Half pissed thinking, fuck. So I just what I fell asleep on so far. I thought, fuck it. Stuck some cartoons on. That's your name. <laughs> well, one of the things that happened to me in my house that I actually have, um, I won't say evidence, but actual human proof. In terms of like my girlfriend, she was a bit of a bachelor. My mum, she died about six months before my little boy was born. He obviously never met her. But this was about two or three years ago and this was in his house. And uh, my girlfriend, Lindsay, she shouted at me. She was like, Scott, uh, something's wrong. And I was like, what do you mean? I said, she went, the house smells like horse shit. And I was like, what the hell? And I, I went upstairs and it did. It was players there said god shut the windows whatever because it could have been that because it was in the middle of summer so we shut all the windows but it still stank like horse shit then my little boy came out of his bedroom and went tracy's here and she's telling me that she wished she met me and it's weird because one minute she's sat there and then she just disappears she goes away but then she comes back and i'm just like well what, what do you mean tracy because he would have never have known her name and then as soon as I turned around, I was like, I just wish if she is here, she just fucks off. And then it, the smell of horse shit got really bad to the point where Lindsay started being sick. To the point where the, the horse shit smell was that bad in the house. Then I showed him pictures of Tracy, my mum. And he went, yeah, that's Tracy. That's the person who was telling me that she wished she could have met me. And then as soon as he said that, the house completely did stop smelling of horse shit. It just instantly just stopped smelling of horse shit. It just instantly went and even Lindsay was just like... That's really fucking weird. Now, a little bit of a backstory to how the house would have smelled like bullshit or harsh or whatever is basically my mum had a farm and the farm was on the same land on Pendle Hill where the Pendle witches were sort of like hung and stuff like that and tried. But she used to have a farm and she loved horses. So I'm assuming that that could be a connection to why that happened. But I don't know why that happened. But I'll be honest with you. I have one item of my mum's. Me and my mum never really got on, especially at the end of her life. We never really spoke. We didn't speak for like four years, I think it was, until she died. But I have one item of my mum's, and it always moves. I swear to fucking Christ, I could put it on one side of the mantelpiece, and I'll follow him on, and no, I can even... I've got a lock on my door, because I don't like people coming in my room. I guarantee I could put a thing on there, have a time-lapse camera filming the whole night, and that thing will fucking move from one end of it to the other. So... 
that's weird. <laughs> so yeah, anyone else got anything crazy? Because I do have something really good that actually freaks D out as well. I've got a short one actually to do with my new flat. Well, I've been living, so I've only lived here for like a year now. And I've never told anyone this because I'm kind of skeptical about it. And I've never told Sarah because Sarah will never ever come back to the flat. And I kind of want my wife to come and live with me. So basically one night I was just chilling. And it was like two, three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm bored now. I'm going to bed. And I go to bed and then I'm like, my bed's like right at the back of the flat. And you can see straight down the hallway. And I saw this like black figure in the middle of the hallway where the living room door is. And I live on my own. And I just like, I was messing around with myself. I was like, oh yeah, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And I looked at it and went, would you fuck off? And it moved into the hallway and walked off to the side. I went, ha, ha, ha. Ah, I best drink some energy drinks because I ain't going to fucking sleep tonight. <laughs> fuck that. I just ended up drinking like four or five cans of Monster one night. And I was just, I literally woke up in the morning. <laughs> you all right? Fuck. <laughs> Well, uh, well, Cam, let's, let's hope Sarah doesn't watch the podcast now. You probably you revealed that for the first time. Yeah, yeah. fuck it, why not? Yeah, <laughs> donkey. Yeah. So, um, Alan, you got anything, Paul? Uh, I, all I was going to say was, so I'm probably the, I mean, we all are, I think, to a certain degree from what I've listened to, but I'm certainly the resident sceptic. I've never had anything that I can give as a story really too much. There's maybe one half story, and that's maybe why I'm sceptic, because I haven't got any personal experience only one small story I've got is when my daughter was really young, like she needed night feeds and she wasn't sleeping all night and you know that sort of age, like six or maybe even nine months old. I remember going in one night to like settle her or feed her or doing something. And of course, I didn't want to wake up the missus or do too much disturbance. I didn't turn on any lights because I knew where I was going. It's your house, you know, you know what you're doing of. So went in, picked her up, started to like sort of settle her. She kind of calmed down and then she turned her kind of head around. So she was looking the same way that I was into pitch blackness, into like the stairway landing. I just pointed and I was like, whoa, what? Well, well, what is it she's getting a vibe from that I'm not? And I was like, something just didn't feel 100% right. Didn't see anything that I can say. Didn't feel anything, didn't smell anything. There was no senses I kind of picked up anything. But the way she just sort of slowly kind of pointed it, and it wasn't like she was just aimlessly looking around. She was fixed on something, albeit it was pitch black. And I just thought, yeah, right, let's draw this one to a close. I sat on the back in bed, got into my bedroom, pulled up the covers and I was like I'm done that's me I don't need to know about anymore what's going on out there but even with that aside I am probably the resident uh, skeptic I don't think there is anything but I'm always open minded I'm always happy to to perhaps explore and look at it further see what you guys don't realise is Colin's very open minded <laughs> now what Colin doesn't realise is having spoken to his good lady wife that very story I knew about but Colin never actually told me that story his wife managed to take a photo of him <laughs> just after the incident we now see the colin which is the residual broken man but beforehand he was like lion with a flaming mane of hair and this is actually an image of colin as he got back into bed okay <laughs> And there he is, Lion-O himself. The fear had frozen his beard. The fear. And yet he woke up the next day and said, I will be a skeptic. What do you think, Dad? And Dad went, your son. You know, you know what? When you were talking about like her pointing into like slowly pointing off into the fucking corridor and like staring. For some weird reason in my head, I could just imagine you holding a child, feeding a child. And then for some weird reason, your child's going... There he is. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this story anymore. I don't like this story. Oh, yeah. This house is clean. 
<laughs> this house is clean. <laughs> so I have a work ghost story, and it's the only experience I personally have of actual phenomena known as ghosts. So around 1999, I was training to be an electrician, and I was working on the rewire of Waterloo Station. Now, Waterloo Station has an amazing history, and I found this out much later on. When you go into the station underneath the platforms, the space is called an invert. And underneath that, there are lots of brick arches and tunnels. Now, these tunnels go on for miles, and you can walk through them to the House of Parliament, Downing Street. They were basically the wartime labyrinth that soldiers and various people would commute around and we were in there basically running new big thick heavy duty cabling and cable trays to rewire all the lights and the platform and distribute power around the station and it was really cool because everywhere you went it was like old ampr signs and it was just a wartime buzz they even had a brick built room for kids and a little school and instead had a blackboard and shelves it was very very spooky i am stunned they haven't used it more as sets for thrillers and horrors because it's just there already although the building sites over the years have used it and me and a guy uh, called john were sat on a small tower in these it was a vaulted arch tunnel and it was really long it was probably about a quarter of a mile long and then there was these brick walls that were about a meter high and about two meters wide and it looked like coal bunkers that's what we thought so we were moving our trolley along drilling and fixing drilling and fixing for the cabling and we could hear kids and they were laughing and this was about half two in the morning so i was busy drilling and john went shh, 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 shh. I went, what? And he went, can you hear that? And all you could hear is these kids going, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, shit, you've left the site door open. There must be some kids in here. And he went, fuck off, we're on night shift. It's half two in the morning. And I was like, oh, yeah, hang on a minute. And he literally sat up and he went, there's some kids at the doorway to the, the, the area we were in. I said, well, go fucking chase them. And all I heard him doing was going, oh, you little shits. And he went, got off the, the tower, walked to this door, and he just came back and he was pale white. And I went, what's the matter? And he said, well, the tunnel is like nearly a mile and it's perfectly straight. And he said, in the time it took me to get down and get there, I would have spotted them and there was no one there. So that freaked us out completely. Okay. We were properly freaked out. So the next, we went back to our site manager and said, look, we think it's haunting. We think they're ghosts. We're having kids laughing and all sorts of weird stuff. And the site managers, it was a Thursday night. They said, we'll go in Friday night. We'll make sure it's fine. Sunday morning, we come in for night shift and there's a sign up saying, do not go down without torches, spare batteries, and at least three people in a team. Because it turns out they all basically shit themselves over the weekend trying to disprove there were ghosts. About a month later... It turns out that we spoke to the one of the old station masters at Waterloo and we told him about it and he went, oh, yeah, that's where they stored all the bodies. And we were like, pardon? And so, and this is, this is true, by the way. This is actually true. You can research this. So where we were after World War II, any uh, people that died um, in the southeast of England that were shipped in from France or from bombings, they were basically brought on a train onto platform, I think it's 12 or 13. And at the end of it, there was a ramp. That ramp went straight down into the other side of this brick arch building, which was a natural cooler. And the bodies were stacked in these what we thought were coal bunkers. They weren't. They were actually storage for bodies. And a number of the bodies were children that were sent away from London to be saved 
but actually died and had to get shipped back and have their parents come and identify what was left of them. And that's what we were hearing. And the station master was like, yeah, no, we've always, yeah, there's loads of ghosts down there. They make noises and bang things and all sorts. And we never go down there. We spent a year there rewiring it. We were shitting ourselves. This most disgusting job on the whole works was crawling under the platform. Nobody wanted to do it. After that Friday, it was like winning the lottery, getting away from those tunnels. Wow. And that's my only ghost-related um, story. It's true. That's, that's what happened. So I definitely believe in ghosts. It's incredible because I used to be in a band years and years ago, and obviously Steve could, is the only person there who could um, explain to you about how the ARC building was. It was it used to be an old um, sort of like cotton mill or whatever, but you'd go up like four floors, uh, flights of stairs and there'd be a long-ass corridor, and then you'd have um, two rooms, the three rooms on your left, and then a toilet in the far end of it. Now, usually the small room is what we used to go in because it was night, it was better for like local acoustics. The doors were really heavy because they had to be, they had to be closed all the time, and you'd have to push them to get them open. I was in there, I was actually on my own, um, but actually no I weren't, I was actually with uh, the singer at the time, and uh, we were just chilling, we heard this fucking proper loud banging, like proper, and we was the only people in the building because we had keys to it, because um, the guy who run it trusted us with it, this door fucking spanged right, I mean it slammed right open, and it actually hit the singer and he fucking flew, it, it flew him across the room, I ran out because I thought it was some dickheads, because obviously with bands and stuff back in them days, there was rivalries and people hated each other, it was fucking ridiculous to be honest with you, I mean still you'd be able to kind of give you a nod on that so i like a dickhead ran out because i was i was ready to pounce on the dickhead who's just not me you know not me not me singer out but this hallway was long and there was no way in two or three seconds someone was going to get away from, uh, down there and i thought he's obviously trapped himself in the toilet so i turned around there's no one in the toilet and i'm like right that's weird because how would that door just come slamming right open you know oh, scott just got to just thanks to the power of the internet i have been able to find a picture of paul and his workmate at waterloo from the aftermath of that night believe it or not it has been found it is here to see premiering on the outlaws of horror (laughs) there they are (laughs) getting their shift briefing yeah that does look like a shift briefing (laughs) so yeah if anyone is wanting to know what this if you listen to this on anchor fm or spotify it would be definitely recommended to go and watch the youtube video for these little inside jokes this is the beautiful thing about having youtube you get to go watch it there as well i'm going to tell you my main story the one that if i'm honest if i weren't drunk at the time i would have literally driven home (laughs) right that's that's how bad it was so anyway my mum asked me to go up to the farm to help her with some work because there was a festival coming up me and steve were going to it and we was we were promised payment so i was like right okay you know what it's easy work out in the fresh air nice weather let's go do some work up at the farm right okay so me and steve go up there be fucking about every night was pretty much a piss up because my mum was an undisclosed pisshead. So we'd have a few beers, and then I think about two or three days into it, my girlfriend at the time she came up and had to go meet her at the um, train station. We brought her back, and she was doing some work too. So anyway, one night everyone's had a few beers. It weren't many really. We're not being drunk that much really. We'd only gone through a few bottles or whatever it was we was drinking. The way the farm was, it was kind of a massive L shape. And then it was a big barn, but the barn was converted into a home as well. To get into that side, we'd have to leave one house and go into the other house and then go up to these four floors of stairs that were fucking massive. So we're in this room at the top of the stairs and we're watching some shitty TV or whatever it was. And then we hear, as clear as day, footsteps. Bang, 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 welcome upstairs. And at the time, we both look round at the door and you see the handle 
it just shakes it's very very minorly just shakes and i was like right pass me phone i'll ring him so i phoned him i thought it was about my mum being an ass because she likes playing practical jokes so i phoned him right which is the dickhead who's outside the door because you can see them you could see the shadow of the person stood no, from where the door was, underneath it. You could see the shadow of the two feet. All right, right, who stood outside the door? And there was, like, no one. Now, there's only three people on the entire property. That was Steve, and my stepdad, George, and my mum. So, anyway, I'm like, right, yeah, but if you're all three there, who stood outside our door? I can see the feet. And she was just like, yeah, there's no one there. And then this you know, the phone goes, you couldn't hear him. It was like a massive whistling on the phone. I was like, what the fuck? And the phone went down. And then the door started to like vibrate. And now at this point now, my girlfriend at the time, she was fucking shit in her pants. Like to the point where she was, she had the quill off the bed. She was in the corner, like I was shitting herself. And then this you know, Tracy comes banging through the door. My mum. And I'm like, what the fuck? And she's like, right, yeah, you need to leave. You need to leave this part of the house. This is really, 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 really haunted. <laughs> like my stepbrother had to get moved out of that house and taken to a hospital because of the bruises that he had from whatever was in there. So anyway, um, I'm like, oh shit, okay, fair enough. But then this like horrible, like, like someone had really dropped a bad fart. I started going dead white because I remember mum said, are you all right? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I started going dead white, wishy-washy, and I, I passed out. And I felt very sick. <laughs> but then I started seeing black and white shit. Like everything was black and white. Like the barn, for instance, you could see all the old archways, and these archways have not been visible to our like eyes for almost a hundred years. It was one of the um, oldest uh, farms in the country. This one, I think, it's about three hundred years old. But you, the old architecture of the building, I was explaining it. I was telling them what it looked like, and no one had seen it in years. And then I came around, and I was just like, "What the fuck is going on? Uh, what what's going on?" And I kept on seeing all these fucking people walking down the hallways, down the, the massive hallway. And I was like, "This is fucking crazy." Now everything stopped almost instantly. And at this point now, George, my stepdad, was in tears because I was telling him about his cousin who was there, who died on the farm in the well. Wow. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, because he's here, it's him. It, it turns out that it was actually his cousin, <laughs> apparently haunting the fucking house. I goes back into the other room where Steve is. And at this point, Steve, I mean, come on, do you want to finish off this part? Yeah, I can finish up this part if you want. I, I remember actually being two separate phone calls. I remember you calling down once to, uh, to Tracy and he said, yeah. Okay, well, who, who the fuck's playing about? No, we're both, we're both down here. Me and Tracy were watching the wall, and George was in the bath, hung up. Phone call goes again, same thing. Seriously, what the fuck are you playing at? Seriously, we've not gone anywhere. Then Tracy goes up, as you quite rightly say. A few minutes come down, and I, and I, I must have been must have been 10, 15 minutes had gone now, when George had gone up and Tracy had gone up, and I'm, I'm still sat downstairs. All of a sudden, you and Karina come pelting down the stairs. No, we're going back up there. What? Why? And then you start describing what's going on. And I'm, okay, really? Okay. Because I'm, as, as Colin is as well, I'm, I'm pretty sceptical when it comes to stuff like this. But I said, dude, if, if, I, if I'm not drunk, we'd be going home right now. What, what that bad? Yeah, bad. I'm like, okay, now I'm quite, I'm quite rational in the sense of, Scott's not the type of person who would just literally flip out and go, you know, we're going home over nothing. So I did kind of go, well, maybe, but at the same time, because I wasn't principally involved in it, I don't know. I, I don't know whether to believe or to not believe, but rational rational takes it okay. It's yeah. got to be something of something, not something of nothing. Either way, it was a um, unique. I've not been a part of anything that's been like that, but yeah, unique certainly yeah. was. Finishing off a little bit more, we all we all stayed in the front room. Steve was on the uh, sofa, and me and the um, the, the ex girlfriend was on the floor, and I couldn't sleep. And the way the house was sort of like situated, you had the front room. There was like a quite a, a large open planned hallway to the. Um, kitchen 
and the dining room, which was to the right, and the bathroom was to the, the left. There was two people all night stood there. Two shadows stood there all fucking night, and I was literally eye contacting them all night. I could not move. I couldn't move. Literally, I felt like almost sleep paralysis almost. I could not move. I was absolutely paralysed all the way night. She was snoring next to me. He was snoring there, and I'm just lying there, and these two people are literally five feet away from me, and they were stood there. That was probably the most terrifying night of my entire life. (laughs) But, yeah, that's my claim to a ghost story and do i believe in ghosts after that night fucking too right i do <laughs> how does how would you explain that unless unless my mum was a really good at doing some serious elaborate hoaxing but she <laughs> yeah. wasn't that clever <laughs> do you mind do you mind if i just chip in there so colin i think's nailed it with his picture because i think for a lot of people when they saw ghostbusters a lot of people have believed in the premise of ghosts and and being scared for me it wasn't actually Ghostbusters. For me, probably the scariest I've ever been was the first time I ever saw Colin many, many years ago, which, <laughs> funny enough, I actually have a picture. <laughs> Again, there we go. See, that's what he looks like, fully shaved, but when he had the old, the old afro going. So, Colin, people need to know the truth, mate. It's <laughs> not done you any favours, has it? <laughs> Love you. I've got one about Manchester. Well, a specific location in general. So, as some people may know, in the traffic centre, the big shopping centre in Manchester, there's a Legoland Discovery Centre, and I used to work in there. I used to work in the retail shop. So, a lot of the time, we'd have to get come in at five, half five in the morning. Or we'd have to do uh, late nights, like stock take and stuff like that. And I remember getting told that this the haunted, some of the rides are haunted. Shit moves on and I and I was just kind of like, ah, yeah, big building, cool, whatever. Of course, it's haunted. As you walk in, there's the first set of lifts as you're going into the actual attraction itself. There's a set of lifts that you're meant to go in. There's the light fixtures just above them. Now at nighttime, when all the light, the main lights are out, you can see the shadow on the floor moving like swaying from side to side but the actual fixture itself is like one of those big steel pipes you know so there's like no way it could move unless someone was proper proper wiggling it but the light fixture doesn't move it's just the shadow and i literally refused for like the first three months of working there after finding this out and what's in its mouth to actually go anywhere near the lifts at nighttime <coughs> or with the normal lights out because it was that freaky. There was no way of explaining it. And then I was talking about the ghost children that are supposedly haunting one of the tracks, but it's probably one of the technicians being a dick. <laughs> I think the the one I can narrow down, I got into parapsychology because I, I was just interested in it anyway. But one of the things that really kind of made me want to study it more was this, what I'm going to tell you now. I went on, I was with a couple of friends who um, when kind of nameless but they are quite popular in the paranormal world and they were doing a private investigation in a place called drake low tunnels in kidderminster don't know if you guys have ever heard of that before but basically what it was or is i should say a network of huge tunnels which is about six miles long it's all underground and basically during the second world war it was all kitted out so that all the top people could go there and be safe so um there's only one way in it and there's only one way out and that's through this massive great big steel door that you know really takes like two people to push open and close and stuff like that and kind of like what you were saying earlier on about the tunnels underneath, you know, with like classrooms in and stuff like that. It kind of had all that kind of stuff in there as well. But, it, you know, it had water, toilets, baths, even to the point where you could actually go into a room and there's 
computers from like the 50s that have been stored down there ready that have never ever been used and they're just covered in dust and there's kitchens there's, there's just absolutely everything it's basically self-contained but it's in underground and it's six miles long and these tunnels are not small they're massive absolutely huge tunnels if you're interested it's worthwhile googling them and just having a look because they use it for paintballing and stuff these days but the reason we go there obviously is because it has a massive paranormal history to it as well so i was with my two friends and they sort of organized this private investigation so we went along and there's lots of weird stuff kind of happening but one thing that really got me interested into it the one thing that happened was we're coming towards the end of the night and it was almost like a burst things started we were all kind of we were getting ready we we're having one last drink and then one last walk around and then we were calling it a night and me and my friend were sort of sat there just having a coffee and can imagine to to our right side was a long one of those counters and behind it was like a tiled floor and we were just chatting and then we both kind of just looked at each other and it was like you know the classic and he said he stopped he stops and he said to me did you hear that i was like yeah he was like that sounded like footsteps didn't it and we're like yeah so anyway you know we went round and we checked it and you know how he was walking and how i walked sounded like these footsteps like oh okay that's brilliant that's you know that's paranormal activity i'm happy now so then we went out to do our, our one last walk down we were stood out as we came out of the area where we were there's like a huge clock underneath it and that was always the center the center point of where we knew where to meet and we just could hear these noises to begin with we didn't know what it was it was just something that was just different it was just, just a noise and some of the guys have packed up some of the guys professional ghost hunters they'd had equipment and stuff they packed most of it up one of the guys, uh, another another friend actually, had a parabolic dish. A uh, parabolic dish is what you can use. It's like a, basically like a little satellite dish, and you point it in a direction, press a button, and you can pick up sounds from however many miles away if you need to. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah. like one of them. And I, I was like, okay, give it to me. Let me. Can I have a listen? I just want to, you know, see what I can do. So I put the headphones on, started pointing the parabolic dish sort of different directions. Didn't hear anything for a bit, and then someone did catch my ears, and it was like a woman crying. And I was like, that sounds really weird. I was like, it's everyone together. We all, they're like, yeah, we're all together and stuff. So I gave it back to the guy who owned it. Say, hey, have a listen. It sounds really sounds like there's one crying and stuff. So then he picked it up and he was like, yeah, I can hear something. And it was coming like from our left down one of these huge, great big, long tunnels and stuff. And things with these tunnels, you went down, you went to the end of the tunnel, and then there'd be like an intersection, and then there's more tunnels. So we followed it down. This is all of us in this one group, you no, know, because we're at the end of the night, following it down. We get to this intersection, it kind of stops. And then we can hear it now, but we can start hearing it properly. And it's like a woman screaming and it's men talking as well. And like my friend who um, actually organised the whole thing was like, oh shit, now someone's got in here. We're going to get bollocked, you know, because, you know, it's only supposed to be us lot down here. So we're like, well, we've got to go and flush them out. You've got to go and, you know, get them out and stuff before anybody else sort of finds out about it. So anyway, we followed this, the guy with the parabolic dish. He's like, I was coming down here, but by that time, we actually didn't need to use it anymore because we could hear these cries and these laughs and stuff. And it, honestly, it... The only way I can describe it is it sounded like there was a group of guys just battering the hell out of a woman. That's what it sounded like. What's to the that? point where, and we were like, shit, we've got to find, because of how isolated it is and how big this thing was, we thought, that, we honestly thought that there was like a, a gang or something had found a woman and were just taking her there because they could be isolated, they could be on their own. And so it got to the point where, you know, the screaming was coming quite intensified and that, and we're like, shit. So we started running and we got to this corner and literally when we got to this corner, it was, it just all stopped. And when there was just nothing there, there was just a wall. There was just a wall, the corner of the wall. 
there's a tunnel to the side, you know, down to the right, and that was, and there was just nothing there. And we searched that place. We went, we searched it high and low. We split into groups. We went up and we looked everywhere, and we looked in every place that we could, and we just could not find anybody. And that, to this day, is probably the only thing. Like I can honestly say. I mean, I look back on it now with like the training and stuff, and I kind of think yeah, it could be this, it could have been that, it could have been whatever. But to me, that's the one thing I've got, I suppose really now that kind of sticks out and that's the one thing that really made me want to take it in to study it a bit more i've done the general parapsychology courses but i, I like to focus on the evps or the electronic voice phenomena because that is roughly what i heard that's yeah. something that i physically heard that i can't explain to this point so that's probably the one but i mean like i said i've encountered so much yeah thanks I've for that i've one... had to put a light on in my uh, front room now because my <laughs> front room was pretty dark <laughs> i was like i need the light on <laughs> I've only just got one small one and it's sort of more haunted house than anything else. And again, you know, I, I still remain sceptic, but this was something that was a bit odd given my scepticism. Perhaps I used to work when I started doing the sort of work that me and Paul do. I did a whole bunch of nights and it was in winter. So even by 5 a.m., even half five, it was still pretty pitch black and it was pretty cold. And, you know, and I didn't drive then. So I was using public transport, which meant walking to a bus stop. So I'd walk from the station that we were working in to the nearest bus stop and I had to go past this one particular house. To be fair, it did tick a lot of the haunted house cliches it was set really far back from the streets we had this big gothic driveway entrance it was detached and in its own grounds high walls surrounding it i never understood if it was occupied or not it didn't look occupied there were no like nets or curtains in the, the window and i'd be lying if i said i saw something i never saw anything but i got a sense that i just needed to pick up the pace a bit when walking past that house so you just had to i felt i just needed to go that little bit quicker just to yeah, get yeah, that yeah. behind me because there was something in it didn't work and it was always a strange one but yeah that was a another, I mean, you know it goes back to what you were saying earlier is it the building that's haunted was it something yeah. in it was it just me being yeah. a bit kind of tired after a night shift and dark and cold <clears throat> what alan was saying you know there's always a logical explanation and for that there probably was as well but i always just felt i needed to pick up the pace a bit when walking by that house it was always a bit odd i think as well the one thing that we don't sort of think about in these sort of situations that which we should do is listening to your body you know like you were saying colin you, know, you felt like you had to pick it up and scott and steve you were saying the same thing you know you, just, you, know, you felt something was wrong and you know things like i say to a lot of people when I, when I do these things it's like if your body has evolved over thousands of years you have that ability it's, it's called fight or flight you can tell you know where you're going to stand there and fight something because you get your adrenaline release or whether you're going to run away and i always say that always listen to your body on anything like this if your body is saying mm, nah you know i feel a bit uncomfortable then just take that into consideration because i think mm. you've got your own warning system to do you know in, in you know that you can use talking about that the adrenaline side of things have you ever been now I don't know how to explain this, but have you ever been in your house and you've turned all your lights off downstairs because you're going upstairs to bed and you're about three steps on your stairs and you feel like there's something fucking behind you and you've got to fucking run upstairs but the second you get in your bedroom and you close the door, you're safe. That happened to me and you, Scott, didn't it? We were watching Creepypastas and we had... And Scott was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to bed. I was like, oh yeah, I'll go to bed with you because I usually stay downstairs. I'm going to let me stop right there. You will not go to bed with me. You will go to your bedroom. Modern world chaps where we entertain and accept everyone. We yeah. were watching something, and I can't remember what it was, and Scott was like, oh, I'm going to go to bed, and I was like, oh, I don't like staying downstairs, I'll go on my computer or whatever, yeah, of course, so I was walking out the front room, like, da 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 Scott turns the light off, looks at me, and we both just kind of have the exact same thing, and we both just fucking ran! Now you have to God. I'm not going to say 
I'm fat. I'm large. I got up those stairs, so I'm bleeding quick. Right? And I've got an hallway to run down as well. So I'm bombing it down this hallway. And he's like, hey, his door slam, my door slam. My light goes on. I'm like, safe. <laughs> it's, it's like you've got a baseball umpire in there going safe <laughs> that, that is an internationally recognised thing I think because I remember hearing listening to a podcast where they're picking up all the older uh, celebrities who are starting to like get too old to work and even die you know even pass away they're, they're trying to get all their stories before they do end up uh, shuffling off and one was saying that during the 50s when there was a lot of ghost stuff going around it was like the twilight zone all these good stuff was out you know and, and they were kids his older brother always worked you know bedtime or whenever they were going upstairs late at night that he would get up the stairs first ahead of him so his older brother is ahead of him he'd get to the top of the stairs turn around and just pull this face like oh fuck you need to get up these stairs be like ah you know he'd be like, ah, just to get on the stairs <laughs> he knew his brother was like whipping him but he couldn't take that chance he had to get up them stairs and, and in that bedroom like you say once in the bedroom for some reason it's like a force field you're safe it's 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 all okay like, my, I know, I know Freddy Krueger isn't real, but fuck me, in that instance, I'm like, that motherfucker might be, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, that's, that, but that's the thing, kind of going back to that bit. What is that thing that goes in your head? Is it you playing a massive trick on yourself? Why would you think that? Why would you do that to yourself? And if it's not you doing that, who the fuck is following you? That's the thing that scares me. So when you see those memes on social media where you see like a mass, like a stairway, it'll be like a, a werewolf beast thing on it. And you're looking at it thinking, is that the thing that follows you? Because if it is, that's fucking terrifying. Why am I going upstairs? Why am I not going out the front door? You know what I mean? Why am I not changing my pants? It's... <laughs> I always have to tell myself, I always have to tell me because it there's not much that scares me you know not now obviously but those paranormal activity films they say i don't mind saying it i'll put it out there they still do fuck me up i won't watch that if i'm in the house on my own if i'm home alone i'm watching that shit <laughs> but sometimes i might stumble across something and i watch it and then i find myself having to tell myself oh really a demon's yeah. gonna come and i like, you on the very same night you watch this film yeah no no that's not that's not gonna happen is it is it no probably not no tell myself these sorts of things now i can actually confirm that there isn't much that scares colin <laughs> i'm not going to go into a colin story however me and colin have spent many nights on the jobs late nights we have slept together in similar hotels i have heard colin um the voices in the night i have heard i don't know if you've ever heard, heard the chants the rock oh, rock nilock have you ever heard the chant no. The rock, rock, nilock, the rock, rock. It's Colin Corcoran backwards. It's Colin when he's pissed. Yeah. He says his name backwards. He's a real fucking lunatic. Um, <laughs> There is a couple of rumours I want to debunk, though, and that is if you type Colin Corcoran into Google three times, it won't break the internet as well. So we've cleared that up. But one time, it's a true story. I was in the hotel room next to Colin when we were working and grafting away. And um, Colin doesn't tell anybody this, but Colin's a very good karaoke singer, aren't you, Colin? So Colin was I? actually... I actually have a recording of Colin rehearsing his 1998 Diamond White Karaoke Championship win. I will play a little bit for you. Oh my god, that's the most scary song ever. This is it's Colin. Just don't walk past school. You sick fuck. <laughs> that's such a bad That song terrifies me, actually. It freaked me out for ages. Yeah. Do you know what? Alan was bang on, though, with the, the whole voices thing. I genuinely do believe 
I think we're foolish. I person, it's my personal. I think as a species, I think we're foolish. We think we're the only living things in an entire galaxy, an entire universe that we we can't even comprehend the size of infinity. And if we genuinely think that we're going to live as a bag of flesh and bone for nearly ninety odd years and then just pop our clogs and not exist in some form, then we're fools. And I genuinely do believe that there are things that we don't understand. That sounds like a Ghostbusters advert, but I genuinely do believe <laughs> sometimes. Saying that though, I mean, I don't know if this was like a comfort thing but i was around um, my granddad's bed when he was dying i think actually i, I even told steve this the day after and obviously he was dying in bed and obviously we knew by the nurses that he that's it he's not gonna survive until morning and he was he was in a bad way the last say last 40 minutes maybe of his life he was looking at the door and he kept on looking at me nan and he kept on saying I'm happy now. I'm comfortable. That was nice to sort of like hear him say. But then he looks at the door and he, he turned around with such a massive smile on his face and was like, wow, I haven't seen you since the war. And then within a few minutes, he died. Wow. So what was that? Because it was weird because it was just like this massive sort of like weight of every, the room, the whole weight of the room just disappeared. And that was that was nice. And so I don't know if I personally just heard that myself and no one else did because we've not spoke about it. Maybe that was just me trying to get through that. But that was... Could that have been paranormal? I don't know. Going back to what well, you were saying earlier on, Scott, about, you know, the fight or flight or flight running up the stairs sort of thing. Yeah. I think there's an aspect of humanity now that's kind of picked up on horror movie traits and, like, your brain kind of lives through them. And now the reason why I say that is because, you know, the Amateurville horror, you know, the house, the windows that are at the top of the house where the little ghost child sits and stares yeah, out the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. 25 years old, next week, I cannot look at one of those windows without feeling pure fear that I'm going to see someone in them windows. Completely off topic, have you seen Jaws? You yeah. see the Amateurville Hollow House in the background? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that mm. the small same area? Jaws is fictitious. There's no Amity Island. It's like made up. So I don't yeah. know. Might just be a Might bit just of be a similar. Thing. Could that be like a massive coincidence? Because yeah. if it is, that would be one bad fucking street and beach to be living on, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, there's certain aspects. Like, you know, when you see like a black, you know, like a dark hallway, your brain just goes, "Ha Don't look down there. There's something down there." And I think it uh, has come stemmed from obviously horror movies being popular. From like, I would say like what horror movies became more popular in like the 80s no horror movies have been popular since like the 50s like you know there's always been like some sort of horror movie that is like you know been appeals like Ernest scared straight and shit like that there's always been some form of horror movie there yeah and but they're mean, shit bubblegum mean, ones yeah, but... scared stupid was stupid was real <laughs> real to me okay <laughs> fucking yeah, Wee herman a quick killer clowns mouth space referencing the um, Ernest uh, scared stupid those um troll things their actual uh killer clowns mouth space thing just painted brown and shit <laughs> so yeah but like the horror films I, I think think some of the most day, the horrible ones are from back, back in the 30s like, where it's just silent black and white horrible yeah. shit that, that shit is terrifying I, imagine I, you walk upstairs you turn around you cut your, your corner and someone stood you'd be fucking yeah kill me just kill me now I'm done I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to fuck it all things being serious I think we've all grown up watching different horror influences and where in the 50s people like to scare yeah, and it was a scare, but it was never believable. We now have since the eighties, the reality, the gore, the fake blood, and everything has become so realistic. And the innovation of special effects has genuinely caused a level of psychological trauma to people who it's kind of affected the way they grew up. Do you want to shiv you? Yeah. I mean, my second oldest brother, he wet his pants when he watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Literally sat on a couch and weed himself because he was so scared because it was so believable. Okay, that's just reminding me of something. Chris Brown, this is not 
golf related, but you pissed your pants as well watching Scream. Just gonna say that. Just oh, watch oh, that. Oh, 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 really? Yeah, yeah. Watching Scream. He would not oh, get okay. off the settee. He nudged me and went, "Do you come to the toilet with me?" I went, "Fuck no!" I've just been. He pissed himself. Just oh, saying that, Mister Chris Brown. Listen, what chaps. a bitch. And you've if just you had a daughter. Me. She's gonna hear this one day because this is immortalized now. You're a bitch. But yeah, right. If, if you <laughs> want to genuinely, you. genuinely see horror. Right, two a.m. in the morning after a Morgan Sindel curry and beer night, you look at <laughs> Colin Corcoran. That's horror. I actually have a photo on my phone. <laughs> there he is, two a.m. after a piss up. There he is, Colin. You didn't think, and he cut his head. Was bleeding, and there he was. He was looking in the window of the curry house, can. Come on, boys, let's get on to the pub. Again, ladies please. and gentlemen, please tune please. into the YouTube to see yes, that. Please tune, tune into the YouTube. I've, I the keep forgetting we're visual bantering here, but um... the the irony of that story is that that event did happen at two a.m. Curry Madness, and one individual was so drunk he walked around on a broken leg for two hours. Didn't that he? That is true. That yes. is true. So it, madness can happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. A sceptical couple of seconds from me. Now this is the part of me now that doesn't believe in the ghosting now me colin and so like can we kind of brushed up on this yesterday so gonna reintroduce it again now if ghosts exist let's just say they do how come we don't see the ghost of a tyrannosaurus rex running down the street (laughs) also why is every ghost a victorian woman (laughs) also when a ghost is looking out of a window he's always creeping from the corner doesn't matter which one it's from a corner. It's like Can he knows we not someone's talk taking... about ghosts looking out the windows. Yeah, it's like see, it's like he knows that someone is filming a video for YouTube on his phone. I'm just gonna peek up and go, sick mate, how's it going? Why is it that every ghost video is of a little girl? And what what's the obsession of a little girl? I suppose it's yes. creepy. If I was just gonna add to that, we can from Earth get a picture of a rock on Mars in like 4K 1080p detail, yeah. but every time we get a ghost picture, it's grainy, fuzzy, yeah. blurry. It exactly. might be a shadow. We're not quite sure. Hang on, I've, I can go to the internet now and get a picture of Neptune. It's like four billion miles away. Yeah. I'm trying to get a picture of this person who apparently, you know, is a ghost. It's, um, this is where I start to trouble myself. You see, and you mentioned yesterday as well as like what 50 billion cameras all over the world. Yeah, you There's can't not... even take shit. Without yeah, probably exactly. being on CCTV. Yeah, so that's the kind of like the sceptical side of it that there's not enough evidence or not enough proof. I mean, we could go down all sort of angles here. We don't want to go into too many angles, but we can go into so many angles of there's no proof. All right, this is the sceptic in me coming out now. I think that the reason we can say well, there's never isn't any conclusive proof, as in a photo, is I think that whatever these ghosts are, spirits, I think that the one thing that we can all probably agree on is that they are energy. Yeah. You know, and how do you yeah. take a picture of energy? Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I've got an answer to that. You give Colin 10 Red Bulls and vodka and watch him go, you'll get a picture of him, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so... Talking about some of the stuff we have, it's reminded me of something I used to watch years ago. So I'm going to pose a question to the group now, and I'm going to answer mine first, and then I'll pass it on. What was, like, the one thing, either as a kid or as an adult, made you kind of scared to, like, turn the TV off and go upstairs or go to bed? See, mine was the Urban Legends TV show with the um, dude from Star Trek. I can never remember the actor's name. So as a kid, I used to watch that dead late, and... I don't know what it was, 
like the way he was like, is it true? Is it false? We'll never know. <laughs> and as a kid, I'm like, well, she's a ghost woman hitchhiking, so fuck knows. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. Oh, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, one of them two. Yeah. Yeah. What was the show called? Was it just Urban Legend? No, I know what yeah. you're talking about. There's like YouTube videos of him just going, true or not true? You yeah, decide yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's guy with a beard, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know. And, and it freaked me the fuck out as a kid. And it was just like, you know, the ghost woman might be true, but like some of them you could tell were like, you know, false. And then like some of them were completely true. But like I, my entire childhood was based on, ah, 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 I'll go to bed now. <laughs> Grabs a butcher knife. Anything that in, I think the reasons why the insidious films messed me up so much is they reminded me of my fears in childhood because I lived in a house with obviously five brothers and sisters and my bedroom was the furthest away from my dad's and when I was scared I would go to my dad's room and tell him I was scared and just you know jump into in, into his bed because I was scared but the journey from my bedroom to my dad's room was the most terrifying thing ever because we weren't allowed to switch the light on. And if we switched the light on and we were caught, we got the hell kicked out of us. And that, honest to God, I remember standing in the corridor for up to half an hour, petrified to make the journey because I'd watched a scary movie about something in the dark. So for me, it's inherent fear of the dark. I'm not scared of the dark now, but when I was a child, it crippled me. I'll rage you that one. The only thing that I can say that scared me as a kid, that gave me sleepless nights, there was only one thing. Now, I think most of us as horror fans will probably know this one younger guys might not but i actually remember sitting up watching live on bbc one ghost watch i remember that that was the only thing that scared the crap out it's of me because they made it believable it was the first yeah. thing that was reality and everyone yeah. was going mental going oh my god this is real this is happening live on tv is that that girl, one where that little girl got possessed and started talking in a proper deep voice? Yeah, yeah. Got I remember it. watching that and not wanting to sleep that night. Yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah, that. No I one slept that it. night. They had uh, Michael about that. Parks, never. Parkinson's won it. Michael yeah, Parkinson was the Parkinson, presenter, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. We yeah. need to do an actual podcast on that, like show and like the aspect that that was terrifying. Even though it was staged, that was terrifying. They did that well. That was good. Yeah. For, that was good. You didn't know it was staged, though, did you? Like that was no. the whole point of it. You thought it was a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, fellas, I don't know if you can see, but just it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It's just, it's just probably the scariest thing. that At that time, that's the only thing I could think of that really scared me. And even watching it back now, I still get those chills, you know? Yeah. yeah. I've, well, I've got two things. First of all, I've, just, I've actually got a bit of an explanation as to why Paul's childhood may have been so troubled. He, what he's probably blanked from his memories that he did used to spend summers with a different family. His dad would send him off to get some experience of a different family yeah that's them there that's that's that's, that's, that's the family used to, used to spend some time with little eddie munster there that's paul's eddie secret monsters alone secret identity there that he's probably buried back in through deep psychosis uh, <laughs> but for me i suppose in, in terms of being scared the only thing i actually remember properly shitting me up was the first nightmare on elm street i think i was about eight and i didn't sleep for a week i'm not even joking i literally didn't sleep for a week i was just that fucked me that movie now obviously it's a bit less so but as skeptical as i am paranormal activity that sort of stuff that does still get me going i won't watch that if i'm in if i'm home alone because then just my mind starts going into all dodgy places but yeah as a kid growing up yeah nightmare on elm street and most other stuff, and I think it's probably why we're all big into horror now, is that I really loved, you know, I saw Evil Dead when I was a kid, loved that, saw, you know, Day of the Dead when I was a kid, loved that, so didn't really get scared, you know, I liked it more than anything, but yeah, the first nightmare on Elm Street. 
that did get me going. For me, anyway, the real the real life thing that scared me when I was a kid, I was staying in a hotel, and my dad turned around to me and said, um, oh, you and your brother, I'll give you ten quid who can steal the most shampoo and shit not from the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, I'm, obviously I'm I'm running down this I'm in this hallway you know hotel in hallways are dead long aren't they and stuff like that and then you start start instantly thinking of like the shining don't you so yeah you don't look behind you because there's gonna be two little girls behind you and that's just not healthy for anyone is it so you start to run then you really start to run and then you realise that you're actually on a mission to get some shampoo. <laughs> so you see the cart around the corner and you stop and I bought me fucking toe so I actually think that that was karma <laughs> you know my own fear fucking broke my toe yes nice one golly thanks for bringing up my pants <laughs> filling just to get the memories going you know yeah in recent sort of like films like you know the woman in black yeah right mm-hmm. I genuinely think that is an underrated film it's, it's a great film though I mean it's and it's got me off it's got a great yeah the ending was a bit shit but it's got a great story it's got great effects it's got that really really good feel and it's a haunting feel to it as well i mean think about it you've got to go to this house thing and when it's high tide you're fucked you ain't getting off that thing that's terrifying in its own right before a ghost even comes onto the scene but the fact that there's a part in the film and when i first watched it i weren't expecting it and it i won't say it scared me it made me go fucking hell hang on a minute that's <laughs> my pants are now. I need to go change. You know, it's the bit where he's in that room and she's in the corner and then she screams and comes towards him dead quick. Yeah. That bit, I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. That was very good, very well done doing that. I mean, it didn't like I said, it didn't scare me, but it was well done. No, it's that, laughable. I think I could say the same. I recently watched The Last Exorcism and I thought that was pretty good. The end of that was pretty powerful as well. And there is something a bit scary about that because God, the way that Middle America is at the moment, that could happen. So you think to yourself, oh, Jesus, well, that's that's it, not, yeah. not a million miles off the truth probably that's how that, that makes things a bit more scary can Lemon. i just add something to that as well so the woman in black i watched the movie with l harry potter in it and i thought it was a cracking just a good old-fashioned scare and then like an idiot i got dragged to the theater to watch the theater version i've done that the yeah theater version is rubbish compared to the film really? the theater version is not scary you can't pull off that sort of story in a horror theater oh. because everybody sits here and goes wait for the big moment the big reveal it'll be scary if you've seen the film you just sit there and go this is rubbish yeah, yeah. this is yeah. rubbish did the anyone ever wrote... get round to watching the second one yeah, yeah i did that was rubbish i watched the first <laughs> 10 minutes and i switched it off <laughs> no no it was it was rubbish but me and steve went to the cinema to watch it. it was fucking hilarious because that when they're in that sort of like abandoned airport and they're in that plane, and you clearly see that thing you know, like go sat in the plane, and it's back to us. I knew that there was going to be a jump scare there, and Steve yeah. was just sat there watching. Steve <laughs> didn't fucking did it. He fucking jumped out of his seat. with brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> It was fucking hilarious. I was just like, I see it sometimes, even though I see it coming, it still makes me jump anyway. I don't know why. It's like, for fuck's sake, why? To be fair, you can't, you can't be a good jump scare, though, to be fair. Yeah. You've got to enjoy him. Sorry. I've got to be careful with them at the minute because fucking worried about tablets. <laughs> <laughs> Saying what Steve just said then about, you know, knowing it coming and everything, one of the best films that's done that in most recent years was It Chapter 1 and 2. You know, because if you watch the background, you could always see Pennywise in different forms in the mm. background. And you're like, ah, he's there. Yeah. 
And you just kind of like, okay, now where's he gone? And yeah. then like the jump scare, you're like, ah, kill you, you can't bastard. It, chapter one, do you know a bit where that old woman, no, in the library, and the old woman just sat there gormlessly smiling? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm glad that you guys recognise that, because I can sit there, I've sat there with people in my own front room and listen to this, can you see the old woman smiling? That is fucking terrifying. No. no Are you uh... watching the same film as I watch? He's right <laughs> fucking there. Doesn't she have a fucking red balloon at one point? And even that bit where that, that, that almost zombie viewers kind of like walking down the steps and then it stops and then it goes down and the music's go Again, going back to the old podcast number two where the music goes, where it's the music that kind of makes the, the scare scary. Yeah. But that was, yeah, it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do want to end this podcast shortly, but does anybody watch a horror film in bed at night on the wall, whatever, and have to be an absolute bitch like my girlfriend and watch a cartoon afterwards just to kind of help them sleep? I have done that. I will admit, yeah, I have done that. She does no. it every time. She goes, do I watch a film? Yeah. Horror? Yeah. You're going to sleep? Yeah. I'm not watching horror then. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she does. Occasionally, I have to say, since I started doing this, I'm obviously ramping up my horror watching. And I also have, when I go from the living room into the bedroom and I lay down at night, I do think, is this some sort of red-faced demon or nun going to pop out of the cupboard? <laughs> no, no, bit. shut up and close your eyes and go to sleep, you moron. And then that generally, the, the logic just goes, okay, and then that's it, I'm snoring my head off. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, Have you ever done that thing to yourself where you're like, oh, yeah, there's something under the bed, and then you're like, you're part of your rational brain, and go, oh, yeah, there's nothing under the bed. And then you close so, your eyes, and the second you close your eyes, your brain just goes, yeah, but what if there is? I went through a phase where I used to hang my leg off the bed and um i used to i watched all these films about stuff under the bed and i used to shit myself lots of brothers and sisters in my house when i was a kid i shared a room with my brother sean now my brother sean went through a, a phase where he used to think he was talking to christopher columbus and it was either psychosis or it was a ghosting now years later this is a true story years later i reminded him that he used to talk to christopher columbus and he actually admitted it was all a thing to scare me because he saw it in a movie and when i used to hang my leg over the bed he would get out at night and use a Big biro and <laughs> cut my leg and said it was something under the bed. Oh, Which then I would like squish myself against the wall rather than hang my leg over uh, the bed. With the under the bed thing for me, there's two things that I spring to mind when I've got me kind of like my leg out of the bed, so to speak. And I'm thinking about, hang on, is that clown from Pulter guy is going to fucking pull me under? <laughs> or is a, is a fucking, yeah, is a critter going to come up and get me? <laughs> That's what I Underbed okay. horrors are real. What's, what's the horror film where they? There's a horror film I can't remember where they twist that because the, I think the dad goes into his daughter's bedroom and he sees his daughter sat on the bed and she's like saying, "Oh, there's something under the bed." And when he looks under the bed, it actually is his daughter like hiding from what's sitting on the bed, and she's saying, "No, that is like the demon. That's the the monster thing." I need to find them. Is that the Twilight Zone? I don't know, I'll find it. I want to watch it. That sounds good, fucking cool. But it's a good twist on the under the bed thing. I'll try and find it. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. try and remember what that is. Yeah, it just reminded me now with all the under the bed stuff. They've actually kind of twisted it, which I thought was really clever. I shall endeavour to find that. They got me with the under the bed thing. What's that film? Was it Little Monsters with the blue demon with a leather jacket? Oh, Fred Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fred yeah, yeah. Savage. The game. Yeah. That's a great yeah, film. Yeah, awesome, right, man. but the thing is, as a kid, man, you see that shit coming out of your bed, and I'm like sat in my bedroom, like I kind of want to go, but I don't want to go at the same. <laughs> Because that shit was weird. It did. It scared me, that film. I don't know if this is me and my twisted sort of like sense of humor and all twisted like fantasy thing or whatever. But there was a fucking girl monster down there. Yeah, I watched a motorboat when I was younger. I, was, <laughs> I, I did. I was like, I was well into it. I was like, I would have gone down me just to find her. 
<laughs> it's like that female gremlin from Gremlins 2. She's oh, got a good cleavage. Man, you're fucking yeah. weird. That's <laughs> not weird. It's it's not, it's yeah, not. sorry, Cam's totally right. That's just fucking weird, dude. It, it's not weird. It's fucking hilarious. That's I don't sick. Know. We have a crack. So stay tuned next week for what's under Colin's bed. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's just a load of linen old, and shit. Old Costy sucks. <laughs> no, no, no. Use curry containers more like. <laughs> All right. So anyway, right, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end this podcast there. Please like, share, and subscribe, and all that jazz. And we'll see you in the next one. Outlaws of Horror. See you later.